welcome back to the Across the Pod NFL podcast. And we have begun Series 2. We are here for the first episode after our month-long break after Super Bowl. We are back as we review the new season coming ahead. And for our first episode, we are going to do a free agency review so far. It's been a week since it started. There's been a few trades, a few free agency acquisitions. And with me, I've got none other than Adam from Franchise Tech Podcast, a returning guest. How are you, Adam? Yeah, I'm good. It's been, uh, you know, we had a little bit of a dip for a couple of weeks where it kind of went a bit quiet and then all hell's broken loose as free agency has happened. And uh, but yeah, it's all uh, all good, all exciting. And uh, you never know, Green Bay fan, we might actually do something at some point, but I doubt it. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, we will get on to Green Bay in a second because only really one place to start. But before we do that, how is the because you... You, you, if you're watching this podcast on YouTube or listen to it, you'll know that Adam from the Franchise Tag Podcast. How's that all going? Yeah, no, it's been really good. Um, we've been doing lots of different stuff. Uh, we're doing XFL stuff at the moment. I know Gareth is doing a lot of XFL interviews that we've, uh, you know, he's part of it now and he's doing a lot with that. We're getting some really big names on from the XFL. Um, we've got a couple of, well, I know that we've definitely got one uh, NFL player coming on that he's doing next week so that'll be good um so we're trying to get more of that going uh we've got the fantasy and the betting show obviously we're not doing at the moment because there's no games um but other than that it's uh yeah it's just the the regular chat show that we do every week so yeah it's all good there's lots of it happening um you know give us a like and a sub and all that sort of stuff and uh yeah it's uh it's going okay. Actually, at this moment, if you go, what I don't know when when is this going out. Um, if I if I can get it out, it might be out tonight, so Friday night, or at the latest uh, Saturday evening. Okay, so we've actually got a, a signed Keenan Allen jersey. Where once we hit five hundred subscribers on YouTube, then that will be drawn, and someone will win that. All you've got to do is just go over to our YouTube page, the Franchise Tag Podcast, and uh, you know comment on a video and subscribe, and uh, you'll be in, and you'll be put in that. And uh, yeah, we're at four hundred and. 60 something I think it is so we're not too far away so yeah if you want one of them any Chargers fans out there <laughs> <laughs> well I, I I've actually applied as well for that competition so um hint hint if you want to draw yeah <laughs> if you can rig it that that would be great <laughs> I'm sure I'm sure we can do something <laughs> <laughs> that's good to hear um so we may as well start off with the obvious talking point. And as your Green Bay fan, it would be remiss to not start the free agency podcast. Um, but not talking about Aaron Rodgers. Of course, we are. Of course, these news are coming thick and fast for all different players. Um, and we will keep you updated during the podcast of any news that breaks during it. But of course, the big talking point the whole week. It's been quite an exhausting week, if I'm honest. Uh, I'm glad it's sort of over and done with. But the whole week dominated around Aaron Rodgers. Is he going to stay at Green Bay? Is he going to retire? Is he going to be a New York Jet? And that was the only real team that there was talk about this week. He had his darkness retreat. He's out of that. He had the appearance on the Pat McAfee show. And after days of good morning football, you know, doing the same sort of intro, same talking points, we finally got some sort of an answer from Aaron Rodgers that he wants to be a New York Jet. Now, I don't know whether it was on my podcast or another one where you mentioned, I think it was last offseason, that you actually would and would like to see him traded to get value for him and um has your opinion changed as last year or you after his disastrous year really last year has your opinion even further stamped on him that it's a good decision that he's going to be going um I, th- I think really it's pretty much the same as what it was I was very much 
uh, when, you know, in the off season last season, it was very much sort of like thought of that the Broncos were going to come in for him. They'd just bought taking Nathaniel Hackett as their head coach. And you kind of felt like that was what was going to happen and they were going to go for him. It didn't happen. They went for Russell Wilson. The Seahawks got all the goodies, the draft picks and all that for him. And that was the deal, really, that for me, I felt that was the right time. And that was the deal that they should have gone for and got. Uh, I still feel that trading him away is uh, is the way forward. Like you said, this week with free agency has been exhausting. But, I mean, Aaron Rodgers and just the last three or four years, it has just been exhausting. It really has. And it just feels like you just can't do anything right by this guy now. It's like he's decided the media's wrong, the Packers are wrong, everyone's wrong. And it's just reached that point where it's like, you kind of have to do what Aaron wants because that's how it works. And there's just no other way around it. You know, he's come out and said that he was 90% sure that he was going to retire before he went into, into the darkness. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, he came out and had basically decided that he was going to play, um, but didn't like the fact that basically the Packers had been saying things about trying to trade him. And it's just a little bit like, it's NFL, mate. It's what happens. It's <laughs> like, it's, well, it, it is. It's all of them. And don't get me wrong. I know that he's a, you know, he is a legend for the franchise. And, and he is certainly within the top three players that they've ever had. Um, but I just think it, it's one of them things where it's like, no matter where you are or what age you're at, they're always going to be looking for value. That's that's just what it is. And I think that now's the time where where he probably, you know, he's come out and said he wants to go to the Jets. Um, we want to trade him to the Jets. I, I think it's just a matter of them hammering out some sort of compensation for him. I don't know exactly what that looks like. I I think they won't be getting anything like the Russell Wilson or the Matthew Stafford trades, which have happened in the previous years. It's just not going to happen for a guy of that age, but he does have some ability and it does obviously push them into a position where they should be looking for a Super Bowl. So you do sort of think that, you know, they're going to have to pay something, but I think the idea of a couple of firsts, I think it's just a bit crazy. Yeah, I agree. And I think that, you know, you're looking at, the fact that no one else wants him really apart from the Jets, um, I think that, again, affects the value. I think performances last season affect that as well, and, of course, his age. Um, but it's one thing I found most frustrating about this was that, you know, he moaned for years and years about the fact that he hadn't got the help he wanted, he hasn't got the receivers. But the talk up this week about how he wants he wants Mercedes Lewis um uh, Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard, and uh, and so he wants these three players that he he had in the, with the Packers, uh, and the top of that he wants a guy who, from what we're hearing from rumours, are that he's got you know the one of the worst knees they've ever seen in Odell Beckham, a player that really I think should have retired after Super Bowl because that's a what a great way to end. So I just don't get. I mean, we all get into how what he what this does for the Jets, but I think for Rogers' point of view, I mean, it just seems a a bit odd to me that he's gone from a guy who moans about for years and years about not having the receivers. We want a first round receiver in the draft every year, constantly moaning about it. and then he, then he gets his he gets what he wants to get to move away and he wants the same players that he wants his mates basically. 
Yeah, I think from his point of view, he's probably looking at it as though he wants some people in the locker room with him who he knows has got the experience and is going to help him out, make a difference, but essentially do what he wants. I mean, it, it's it's kind of like Nathaniel Hackett as well. It's like they, they come out, he comes out and goes that he's got a great relationship with Hackett. And it in the nicest possible way, it's because Hackett in Green Bay would let him do what he wanted to do when he was out there. You know, LeFleur was calling a lot of the plays. Um, more often than not, what would happen is that Rogers would look at it and would see something else, something had changed and come out with another one. And his OC was more than happy with that because, you know, we saw what Hackett was like when calling the plays in Denver. It wasn't great. So, you know, I, I think that there is that sort of understanding between the two that he will give a lot of freedom to Rogers. And so I think with, you know, that helps. I think having these players who obviously uh, are friends of his or kind of like, Maybe it's certainly in Lazard's case, as a younger player coming in who who wasn't, I don't, I think he was undrafted actually. I'm not quite sure, but you know, that to a certain extent, there's probably a version of them that actually idolise this guy as well, and so they will do everything they can in order to help him and and things like that. Maybe they look at Garrett Wilson as being the sort of Devontae Adams kind of player, and then you've got the rest that. You know, it did work to a certain extent with the Packers for that. And I think that's what he's probably looking at. But, yeah, I mean, he probably just wants his guys around him. And it, it happens a lot, doesn't it, in the NFL? It's it's no real shocker. Yeah, I mean, no no more so than, than Brady and Gronk. Um, yeah. In terms of the Jets, of course, this is a team that finished 7-9. and nine. I mean, the obvious one position was to quarterback. We all saw the struggles that the many quarterbacks they had, particularly Zach Wilson, had um, there. I mean, looking at the stats, looking at the four quarterbacks that played from last year, so you got Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike White, and Chris Treveller. Only one of these four quarterbacks had more touchdowns and interceptions. So Zach Wilson had six touchdowns, seven interceptions. Joe Flacco was that one guy. He had five touchdowns, three picks. Mike White, who's just joined the Dolphins, uh, three touchdowns with four interceptions. Then Trevor got zero for both. Um, so obviously that's an obviously they had the defensive rookie of the year in Sauce Gardner, offensive rookie of the year in uh, Garrett Wilson, which in my opinion should have been uh, one of the other two. Um, but They've got some great weapons. They've had a great draft. So you've got Alan Lazard alongside, you know, alongside Garrett Wilson and everyone else. You've got Brees Hall, who was a contender for Rookie of the Year before his um, injury. The running back, he had a great first year. The defence has been brilliant. So really, in what is really a very tight AFC, but also tight AFC East, how far do you see the Jets going? Do you think that they could make the playoffs or do you think they could be a victim of their division or do you think they could go really go all the way and go a long way in the postseason. I think if they had had a semi-competent quarterback uh, in that team, then I think they would have been in the playoffs. I, I, I you know, that, that defense would have got them that far. Um, like I say, any sort of semi-competent quarterback play would have been great. Um, I think if they had managed to keep Brees Hall fit, then, def- you know, I mean, he, he was rookie of the year just waiting to happen until he went down and of course he missed so much time so that that was the problem there uh yeah i they've got the they've got the players the defense is very very strong it's one of the best in the league not the best but one of the probably top five defense to be honest 
And um, the the offense, you know, Garrett Wilson's been great. Brees Hall, if he can come back fit, if you can get someone like Aaron Rodgers in there as well, you know, like I say, they they were not far away from being a playoff team. They should have been a playoff team if they'd had a decent, half decent quarterback. A lot I've seen people have come out. I saw someone I can't remember who it was, fairly well you know, respected name coming out and putting them second in the in the AFC behind the Chiefs. I I just feel like I don't think this is going to work in that respect. I just don't think they're going to get there. It's such a loaded conference. It, it's so difficult in the AFC. Um, you know, you've got the Chiefs, you've got the Bengals, you've got the Bills. It's just, there's so much there. Um, you know, you've got the Jags who are up and coming as well. It's it's going to be tough. I think you're going to have to beat. At I mean, they're not even going to be favourites for their division. I wouldn't have thought because of the Bills. I think you're gonna if they don't win that division, you're going to have to beat two of the three out of the Bills, the Bengals, and the Chiefs in order to get to a Super Bowl. It's going to be very very tough in order to do that. And, you know, and there's still other teams as well that you don't even mention that are, are going to be tough to beat as well. And I, I just, to me, I think he's, he's still a very, very good quarterback. Of course he is, but he's not the Aaron Rodgers of sort of five, six years ago. He just isn't. And so I think because of that, it's going to be very difficult I, I, they're definitely a playoff team. They should be. I mean, to to take on a quarterback like this at his age and get, you know, they will give up some draft capital for him to do that. It's a Super Bowl move. It's an all-in move. And so you kind of feel like if they don't get there, it is a bit of a, you know, a bit of a, a loss for them. And it, it just ha wouldn't have worked out to the way they want. The, whatever he wants, the organisation of the Jets will be thinking this is our this is our time this is our time to really make an impression and so they have to be looking at championship games and Super Bowls and stuff like that it does make you wonder a little bit as in why you'd want to move from the Packers to go to an AFC if everything said then about the fact that you know you've got the Bengals the Chiefs the Bills the Dolphins and in even the Patriots in their division they've still got Belichick as head coach you know you've got Steeders I think will improve again this year you know you've got Denver Broncos, I think, will be better under Sean Payton. You've got the Chargers. You've got all these great teams. Whereas the NFC, you know, look at the difference in quarterback. You know, the, the best quarterback is hurt, you'd say. But after that, you know, it's Goff, Stafford. And so it's not, it does make you wonder a little bit. He's probably had a better chance to make a Super Bowl, really, with the Packers in a way, because he's got, you know, a, a, you, you say, a better head coach. You know, you've got, you got, well, if you had Tonyan last year, you had Aaron Jones, you know, you've got, all the players he wants to bring with into the Packers at wide receiver. And then you've got the defense, which is questionable, but um, it was questionable last year. Um, so that's the one difference he has, I suppose, compared to the now going with the Jets. But uh, it does make you wonder. Uh, but talking of NFC quarterbacks, I mean, to now this is now the time for Jordan Love to step up. He's had three years in the waiting. You know, first round pick in twenty twenty, I believe, was the lockdown draft. How do you see his first year going? Because They've gone from a seamless transition from Hall of Fame quarterback in Brett Favre to Hall of Fame quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Now, love big shoes to fill, of course. You know, he's, that's a very two very big shoes to fill. Not everyone can be that same level. 
even after sitting for three years. So in terms of Jordan Love, do you think this is just going to be a case of just no real pressure, just take it how it comes and just basically learning on the job? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, everyone forgets what uh, Rogers was like that first year that he came in. You know, they went on a... I think it was seven and nine, six and ten, that kind of record when in the, his first full year of playing. It, it's not, it, it wasn't quite as easy as what everyone likes to make it believe, uh, believe that it was when now that you look back on it. And also after that first year, no one was going, this guy is going to be a Hall of Famer. You know, no one was thinking that. So I think you have to give love all, all the time you can this year I think it's going to be a case of he's going to be there he's going to play as many games as we can get him to play and uh, yeah you just got to give him time and you know they've got a decent couple of young receivers in Watson and Dobbs and you know they might bring in other people through the draft It, it would make sense for them to go young like maybe like a young tight end they might draft one of them which I know they're rumoured to and I think that's probably the way forward for the offence and you know I I think they've just they're just going to have to suck it up and it's gonna it might take a year or two um he might not be any good you know he might not be any good you you just don't know until you get him out there playing game week in week out You, you just have no idea and you know, I remember doing the preview on your show uh, before the start of the season just gone, and we were all very pretty confident and stuff like that. Do it this one, I wouldn't even be able to know where to start. I mean, because you just don't know what you got with him. That's the thing. It's like so, and until you see him playing in games, it's going to be near impossible to come out of any sort of prediction as to what he's going to be able to do. Yeah, and it's a very hard decision as well to call because you know. Bears have just gone crazy this first week. We'll get onto them in a little bit. In a little bit, but you know the Vikings improved last year. They for me they've got a, a game changing move in getting Brian Flores as their DC, and then the Lions had a great year. And really, Moses would have made the playoffs with that record. So it is going to be. A, I think it could go one or two ways. It could either be this guy's a real deal. He's going to come in and because they had that one game where he looked comfortable last year, albeit small sample size. But you know you've got that where he looks, he can, it'll either be where he's really, really good or he's going to have a real difficult first year. But at the same time, I think he's still very young. So I think even if he has a difficult year, I think it's not really, no real time to start, you know, calling for him to be you know, traded away or anything. I think he needs, as you no. say, he needs time. He needs time. Yeah, I mean, that that is what it is. It's just going to be, give him, give him the time, give him the game time, see how he does. Um, they're going to, give him the fifth year option they're going to do that which means that basically you've got him for two years so see what he does in two years it doesn't work in the two years you look to draft someone else it does work happy days you know that that is essentially what it is so I think we'll just have to wait and see when it comes to Jordan yeah I agree totally um right we'll move on to our second topic but before we do that just some news that's come out today in the NFL Leonard Fournette has been released by the Tampa Buccaneers uh, great time there. Of course, won a Super Bowl. Playoff Lenny was given a nickname. So he's now been released. Jalen Mills has been released from the Patriots after his move from the Eagles. The Bills have released Isaiah McKenzie. Uh, other news, one that breaks my heart is that Mike Gazicki, my favourite Dolphins player, or was um, until very recently, he's now moved to the New England Patriots, which is a move that shocked me 
gone to our rivals. Cowboys re-signed Cooper Rush. And I think that oh, Devin Bush has gone to the Seahawks. And that is pretty much... Oh, and also the Colts have signed Mar- um, Garden Minshew and Eagles have signed his replacement in Marcus Marietta as his backup. So the, the second the biggest real talking about this week that had a lot of headlines was Lamar Jackson. And most years, this would be the biggest one. Of course, he has been put on the franchise tag, the exclusive franchise tag, which means that he can... They can receive trade offers and he can have shop around and look for a different team. But as it stands, where we're going with well, five days into the first week of free agency, nothing seems to have happened. And there's been a lot of talk about NFL owners colluding over Lamar Jackson, whole narrative about his injury record. Hasn't been great the last couple of years, his injury record. But in terms of, you know, is this, I mean, it's been a massive mess and he seems to have betted on his career. And so far, it's not really working out. Unlike with Kirk Cousins and Dak Prescott, but... For you, Adam, where do you see the Mark Jackson suiting up for come week one in the 2023 NFL season? It's it's a really difficult one. I uh, We were talking about this actually on Tuesday night when we did our show, and I actually can see him not suiting up at all. Um, I, he's, he's stuck on this franchise tag, which he clearly doesn't want to be on. Um, he wants a deal which... He feels that, you know, Deshaun Watson got his deal of what he got. Why can't I get something similar? Um, I think we can all safely say that that was very much an outlier of a deal and that you're not going to, you're not going to find many other NFL quarterbacks on that. I, it probably, to a certain extent, it probably is a little bit of collusion, to be honest. They've probably all spoken to each other and they've all gone out and said, yeah, let's make sure we don't do this again. Um, so I do think that there is a bit of that in it. But it, it's really difficult with Lamar because he's missed 33% of the last games, in the, uh, 33% of games in the last two seasons because of injury. That's a hell of a lot of games to miss. I mean, it's... I know it doesn't necessarily mean that he's going to do it every year, but when it's the last two, it, it does make you worry that it is going to be an ongoing thing. You know, that's six out of 18. So you're not getting in the playoffs. Or if you, you are getting in the playoffs, you've done really, really well in the first 12 games, but then you're not going to get the number one seed and you're in the AFC, which we've just said is really, really tough. And you're going to end up playing these teams without your starting quarterback. And that is just a really big problem. To me, it screams Atlanta. It really does. It, it feels like that is the obvious place that he should be going to. Um, you know, they need a quarterback. They're going to be, at the moment, what what it looks like, they're going to be starting the season with Desmond Ritter. It doesn't feel like they're going to be going quarterback in the draw. So it, it just kind of feels a little bit like that's the the obvious place for him to go. And, and he kind of wants to go there as well. That's the other thing. It's his hometown, isn't it? He wants to be from around, you know, be playing for them. And so it does just kind of feel like it's the obvious fit. But, you know, I, I just don't see anyone coming out and giving him like a four-year, 200 million guaranteed deal. It's just not going to happen. So all the time he doesn't have a an agent and he's got it in his head that he deserves that a similar deal nothing is going to happen you know obviously he's going to be back in Baltimore if he doesn't move anywhere but does he really want to be playing on the franchise tag where he could get injured seriously 
and that could be it. And and there's no sort of guarantees afterwards. And I, I just feel like that's the problem. He's kind of backing himself. And I think he just feels like until I get that big offer, I'm not going to do it. Yeah, and I think it could easily be a case of like a Le'Veon Bell situation where, you know, a guy sits out for a year and then never really recovers. But I do think that Mark Jackson Wall has, you know, a much better personality than Le'Veon Bell. I think he's a much... I, I don't think he'll go down that route. And I think that... You know, I think that I'm surprised the Jets and going for him because he's 13 years younger than Aaron Rodgers. Um, you've got a franchise callback there. If he's fit, he is a franchise callback. And I think his passing is under, underrated. I think he is better than people say in that sense. But I think that one team that I don't think they will because they just paid their quarterback. But I think one team I think would be perfect for him, a run first offense, Seattle. I think Pete Carroll would love him. I think that. Whilst I don't think Picard will be there for 10, 13 years, I think he'll probably leave in the next, will tire in the next five, 10 years. Um, but I do think that would be a perfect situation for him in that sense because I think he'd love him. But I think they're set with Gino for now. They could even draft someone in, in this year's draft. But yeah, I think Atlanta is the obvious spot because, you know, they got Taylor Heineke, who's also from Atlanta, I believe, as well as Desmond Ritter. But Desmond Ritter. Is he your guy? I know he's not really had much of a of a say of a chance yet, but I think that, you know, if you can get someone like Lamar Jackson, 26 years old, I, I doubt the Cardinals regret moving on from Josh Rosen. And I do think that, you know, they if they see Lamar Jackson available, I'm surprised they haven't gone for him because he would be absolutely perfect for Atlanta. That system there, a bit similar to Seattle in terms of they like to run the ball as well. So I think that it would be an amazing, not good for um you know, Tyler, Tyler Algier fancies worth if if Lamar Jackson goes there. Uh, apologies if I pronounce his name completely wrong there, but I think Lamar Jackson for me. I think I think he'll end up playing for Baltimore. I think whether I think they'll pay whether it's this year, whether it's next year. I, I can see him just staying there because I think that. I mean, I saw talk of a trade between Kirk Cousins and Lamar Jackson. You know, they're they're going for more uh, Joe Flacco style quarterback, whereas the Vikings are going for a bit more of like a you know a bit more of a running quarterback. But I think either way, I think Baltimore would be stupid person to get rid of him because there's not many better available that they could get. So for me, yeah, I think Lamar Jackson should stay in Baltimore. Whether he will, I'm not sure. Um, now, next thing really is just the main sort of team that's dominated this week is a, is a Chicago Bears. Of course, they had the first overall pick, which they traded away to the Panthers. They got a massive haul. They still have the ninth overall pick as a result. And they got DJ Moore as a result of that. I mean, that's a brilliant trade for me. Personally, they did the right thing, putting the plug and getting that done. Other people have come in this week. Tremaine Edwards, a linebacker, a four-year deal, brilliant player. TJ Edwards has come in. Uh, TJ Walker has come in. Of course, a guy that... Knows DJ more well, um, of course, one of the plays of last season uh, for the Panthers. Uh, them two reunited. you got Nate Davis, the uh, lineman from the Titans, DeMarcus Walker, Travis Homer, the former Seattle Seahawks running back, uh, Andrew Bennings, defensive lineman, Robert Tonyan, you'll know very well, Adam, the former Green Bay Packers tight end, and former Panthers running back, Don Foreman. So it really is a um, Panthers-dominated um Obviously, for the Bears, if you include the players and the trade pick. Um, and yeah, so for that one, I mean, of course, they're a team in your division, a team that, you know, ha- were terrible last year, 3-13 and 13 or 3-14, and 14, whatever they were. And with that now, all the, the trade the trade pick, the all the first, uh, sort of the first round of free agency, uh, first week of free agency moves, um, 
did, did, did they worry you going into the season? How well do you think they can do uh, this season? I think when you look at all the deals that they've done, you just sort of see all the all the names that they've brought in. It feels very sort of uh, Jacksonville from last year. That that's kind of what it feels like. It feels like they've gone for it and and they've made you know big money moves. Um, I like quite a lot of the moves. I think they are decent moves. Obviously, DJ Moore getting him in that trade was I, the, the funny thing was we put a tweet out basically saying who you know who do you feels won the trade and all that sort of thing. And um, it, a lot everyone went Chicago. Everyone when Chicago had won that trade between them and Carolina. When you actually look at some of the older trades, uh, the one that the 49ers did, I can't remember who it was with, but they did in order to draft Trey Lance. Um, it's a very similar uh, amount. It, it, that this What Carolina paid was just what you pay to move from like ninth to first. It's what you do. Um, the reason I think a lot of people felt that it was just that little bit more was having DJ Moore attached to it as well. And, you know, he's, he's a great receiver and it, he's kind of had a bit of a rough time in Carolina because he just hasn't had that main quarterback. I think everyone felt like it was going to be Cam Newton and he was going to be able to stick around. It didn't happen. Um, and they haven't really replaced and that's the problem. So, I think they did well because of the getting DJ Moore. It's a genuine wide receiver one on that team. Uh, you know, you've got Darnell Mooney, Cole Komet. Now you've got Robert Tonyan as well as your second tight end. You've got Chase Claypool, of course, from last year. You know, that's another one. So you've got some really good players there. Um, they have lost David Montgomery, which is a bit of a shame. But at the same time, they've actually, I feel they've replaced all right. Donta Foreman is not a bad running back to have at all. Uh, you've got Travis Homer, who can be sort of like your third string because you've got Khalil Herbert. So, you know, Tremaine Edmonds, TJ Edwards, they're all good names. Tremaine Edmonds, I think, I can't believe they paid 72 million for Tremaine Edmonds. I must say, I think it's way over. Um, but... At the same time, that's like what Jacksonville had. You know, I, I think when teams know that you've got money, or, or more to the point, players and agents know that you've got money, they're going to try and get as much of it as they can. So that's why it's done. So they might have had to pay over the odds for some of these guys. Um, but they're good players. You know, that's the thing. They are good players, and they've been good players in all the teams that they've played for before. So that stands to reason they'd be good again. So I, I think... They've done really well in respect of who they brought in. Am I worried about them? I don't think they'll be winning the division. Um, I don't think we'll be winning the division, so it's not really going to be a problem for us. Um, but I think there's two teams that are that are more better equipped at the moment to win that division. Having said that, give it two or three years. You know, this is the thing. They've kind of like they've set themselves at almost like a, a lot of these contracts are kind of longer contracts. They're like two, three, four year deals like Tremaine Edmonds is a four year deal. I know some of them can be a bit funny years and stuff like that. And it's just money being pushed out. But these guys can sort of move on. So they're obviously not looking for this season coming up. They're thinking in the future. Problem with that is so are the Lions. So, you know, this is the thing. You've got both of them kind of doing the same thing at the same time time um i think probably still the vikings would be would be the main one for the division but yeah i mean they've done really well and they've brought in some really good people 
Um, I don't think they've done anything particularly special when it comes to the trade. I just think that's the price that it is when you when you get it. And they just happen to have the number one pick because the Houston Texans went mental in the last game. <laughs> and and that's that's pretty much it, to be honest. I, I think they kind of they've they've lucked out into the first pick and they've done what they should do. You know, that Ryan Poles has done what he should do as a general manager. He sold it for a hell of a lot. And now he can bring in some really good young players with that. Um, you know, they've got, is it, what is it, one, a first, a second, and then a first and a second next year from it, I think. So, yeah, the, I think it was, a, yeah, first one pick from, I think the first one pick from next year, and maybe a second round as well. Um, it's been so long. It feels like yes. so long since they did that trade. I've forgotten what the what the things were. I'm trying to find it. But, um, I mean, so they've, of- got, they've got a first round, First, so the ninth pick in this one, the second rounder uh, to go with their, you know, they've already got a second rounder as well. So they'll have two second rounds. So one first, two seconds in this one. 2024, they'll have two firsts. And then 2025, they'll have another second. So, yeah, I mean, they've got themselves three years worth of draft picks there that can really do well for them. Yeah, exciting times for um all Bears fans. Um, shout out to Luke. Well, let's not get let's not let them get too excited. <laughs> I mean, you know. yeah, I mean that actually I think is one of the more the most exciting divisions. I think I'm really intrigued by the NFC North. I think you've got at least three, if not four, teams. If Love is the guy there, I think it's going to be that in the AFC. It's going to be I think it's going to be the two divisions that everyone's going to be watching. Uh, this year. Before we do head to a break, quick word on the Panthers. Of course, they're the ones that have the first overall pick, gave away all that capital. Um, thoughts on them? They've added, you know, Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders, and they've also got number one overall pick, which at the moment, which you know, you would all but think is going to be a quarterback. But question is, who's he going to throw to? Apart from Hurst, I mean, Moore's gone. Anderson had a good one year there. He's gone. Um, yeah, who's he going to throw to? This whoever it is that they pick. Yeah, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Obviously, like you say, they've brought in Hayden Hurst. I do actually like. The, the signings they've made. I like Hayden Hurst as a tight end. I like Miles Sanders as a running back. I think that's a good move. Um, they've re-signed a couple of good players and they've brought in like Bon Bell and Chai Tutu on the defence. So you've got yourself some decent guys there. But um, I think the biggest issue for them is like you say, who is he going to throw it to? They've got a second round pick. I'd be surprised if they didn't go wide receiver on that. Um, but yeah, it's... It's difficult. There isn't anyone there. It's uh, LaVisca Chanel, I think, is there. And they've I'm got uh, Ter- Terrace Marshall, I think, yeah. is there. It's it's not good. It's um, it's going to be difficult, but it's, it's going to be a big rebuild, isn't it? That's the whole point. It, it's going to take time. And I think they'll probably go pretty wide receiver heavy in the draft. Maybe get, say, like two or three and just try and go with what they can and then try and work it out in the years to come and, and stuff like that. I think that's the only way they're going to be able to do it because otherwise it's going to be uh, near impossible, I think, for them to do much. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they've, they've still got some players that will be all right, but I don't think they'll be winning anything anytime soon. No, but I think since a bad division, I think they could still win division, even with the losing record. Yeah. That's how bad the division is. Um course if you want my thoughts more my thoughts on this trade you can catch my article for adam's uh, company the franchise tag online you can get all my reactions to that trade i think i did it last weekend so um yeah if you want to check out a written version of my thoughts then do check it out but we are gonna head to a break 
in this break, you will hear just what other podcasts you can look forward to in our Eurotrips network this week. Andy, we haven't heard from you yet. What's your thoughts on what we've seen and especially Liverpool's exit from the competition? Um, yeah, I think for me, the word I'd use for that game against Madrid was, I think, outclassed. I think that Madrid are better in every every level, particularly, I think, second half especially, they would have by far the better team. I think they really controlled the second half. I think there were moments in the first half where they looked a bit cheeky. You had the Nunes chance. You had, I think, a chance that fell to Jota, which he should have scored, which I think Jota would have scored the Jota of a year ago, a year and a half ago. So I think that, certainly, I think there was a point, maybe the first 25 minutes of the game where you thought we got a chance here. And I think that, certainly, went into half-time, nil-nil, thinking if we can get a goal early on second half, you need two more. And welcome back. But we will head back to the episode. And of course, we just mentioned the NFC South. One of the big movements, as well as Derek Carr, before the week started, was the news that Tampa Bay have a signed on a one-year deal, Tom Brady's replacement in Bacon Mayfield. I mean, for me personally, I think it's it's not a bad deal because I think he showed himself to, to do well in a good system. I don't think Todd Bowles is a good head coach, which may be his downfall. But at the same time, I think that there's only, was it, only $6 million one-year deal, so it's not too much of a, of a risk if he is bad. Uh, because you know, I know, I know it's Cal Trask and Blaine Gabbert, but I think at the same time, I think that they, I know he's retired, but they could easily go back to him for one final ride. But um, I think if he does that for a third time, I think that will really kill the um, the term retire. I think that will extinct it forever. But um, Bacon Mayfield, I think, is interesting because he went obviously had a difficult time with Carolina and his final year in Cleveland. But of course, his his one his best year really came the year they made the playoffs for the first time in so many years. Under, I think he still is a good head coach and Stefanski and good coaching. And I think that he struggled in Carolina, bad coaching, did well in Tampa Bay, sorry, in Los Angeles, great coaching, Mavay, despite the record they had last year. But for you, do you see, because Todd Bowles is not, he's proved himself to be a good coordinator, but not yet a good head coach. He proved that at the Jets and he's proved it so far on the Buccaneers. Do you think we're going to see the Los Angeles Rams version of Baker Mayfield in Tampa, or we can see the Carolina Panthers version of Baker Mayfield. I, I think you're probably looking at just a bad version of Baker Mayfield <laughs> now. I'm afraid uh, it, it's just not, you know, it, it's not the guy that you had in Cleveland at the beginning. It, it just isn't for whatever reason. Um, he, he just, I, I think everyone hoped he would be better, and he he just did. It's just not that. Um, to me, this feels like very much a one-year. Um, we need to get a veteran in. Blaine Gabbert, we know, can't really do much because he's been around forever. We haven't played Kyle Trask. I reckon you'll probably find that Trask will play at some point this season just because they'll want to see what they've got with him. And I think Baker will probably do okay. Um, but that team is in big rebuild. Like it really is in big rebuild now. Um, you know, you said that Leonard Fournette has gone, so that's that's one that they've lost now. Running back, they brought in Chase Edmonds, which yeah, I mean, it's not it's not great. Um, I've I've fallen for that in fantasy before. Um, so yeah, that it's not brilliant. Um, 
you know, they re-signed Levante David a couple of days ago. So that's just, I mean, that's good because it's someone who's experienced, who knows what he's doing in, in the back, in the uh, defence. But they're, they're just, I don't know. I, I don't see a lot happening there now. I think, you know, it, it was very much a, we're all in with Brady. We'll see what we can get. They got their Super Bowl win and now they're going to pay for it is essentially what it is. And, and that's just kind of how it, how it goes. It's, you know, obviously Baker was the number one pick when he got drafted and it's surprising what's happened. But I kind of almost feel like he hasn't quite got this. He's not quite at this position yet, but I feel like he's becoming very Fitzpatrick, very Fitzpatrick. (laughs) And I can just see him dotting around different teams as starters just to sort of like cover them for that season and then another team for another season just to help them out. And, you know, he'll pick up these deals where he'll get like, I, I think he's got, he said, four million in guarantees. So he'll keep doing that and for the one years. And I think he'll do OK. He'll win you games. You know, you will get a few wins out of him. But I just, I think you'll end up in a position where it will just slip off during the season. But then that's not so bad because you can just bring in your rookie quarterback and see how they do. And then it doesn't work and you move on to another team and, sort of dot his way around the league. So that that's kind of what I see from him now. Um, but yeah, I, I think the Bucks are just in a bit of a mess now. And I, I don't know with Todd Bowles. I, I think he might just be one of these guys, and there's lots of them out there, who are really, really good coordinators and then are not very good head coaches. And it, it's just what it is. They're just not used to being the main man, but they're really good at being in charge of one particular section, which like we were saying about Nathaniel Hackett, in a way, maybe he's just a good offensive coordinator, but when it comes to actually managing everything, he just can't do it. Yeah, and I think we'll see the same thing as Bill O'Brien at, at Patriots now. Yeah. Of course, we all know what ha- happened with him in Houston. Of course, Vic Fangio now is a DC um, in Miami, which is I'm very excited about. And I think yeah. that we're seeing, I think we're seeing a lot of actually old old um, coordinators. But at the same time, you get some that never recover. Adam Gates is one. Patricia is falling into that trap as well. They never quite recover from that um, failed head coaching role. So I think um, we'll see. I think we'll go one of the, either one of those ways for for all these new um, coordinators that have come from head coaching roles. Um, our final really discussion before we go on a little bit of a fun topic at the end is the Lions. Now, they're a team that I had making the playoffs last year and they almost proved me right at the end. Um, one of the stars of their real run and their great second half of the year was Jamal Williams, their running back, who was you know had so many touchdowns. I believe he was the rushing touchdowns leader last season. But they've replaced him with David Montgomery. He's gone to New Orleans to, you know, presuming he, he may well start if Alvin Kamara has um, his get, gets in trouble. And they've, they've got Montgomery... I think it's a good running back, but I don't think it's worth is 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 you know it's what you get rid of Jamal Williams for. So I think so for me, I was surprised by the move to get rid of Jamal Williams because he felt like a real heartbeat of that Lions team. You know, all the all that they were doing well in that second half, albeit you know a lot of them were sort of red zone touchdowns, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. But at the same time, he felt like the heartbeat of the team. He felt like a perfect running back for Dan Campbell. He felt like he was a perfect guy Dan Campbell would love. So I'm just very surprised that he. Was moved on. What were your thoughts on um on that move to uh, replace Jamal Williams with Montgomery? Yeah, it, it does feel like a, 
a strange one. I mean, Jamal Williams is older, so I'm I'm just wondering if that's what it is. He's a couple of years older. They they feel very similar, like as in the the type of running back they are. They're kind of sort of like you know they just they're not the sort of pass catching running backs. They're just sort of like really just ram it down the middle kind of running back. So to me, it feels. Uh, as a similar thing I think that they've spent a bit more money on Montgomery I think I think the thing with Jamal Williams is what we saw with him in Green Bay is that he was he is a character and he is uh, he's definitely a sort of like a locker room leader he can be that and and probably a fun person to be around in the locker room I just think that there is a limit to what you get from him. And I know that sounds really, really strange given the fact that he got the most touchdowns in as a, from a running back. But I think it is just that when you, you look, they were all within five yards. of, And that's the thing. It's like you're not going to get any big sort of breakaway plays from him. Now, you could argue you've got DeAndre Swift and that you should sort of like, you know, just go down the same route and, and keep it as the same. But... I think they've probably looked at it and thought that Montgomery is just a slightly better quarter, uh, running back compared to what Williams is and what Williams has shown over his whole career. I think Williams showed that he was good last year, but that's pretty much where it was. I mean, when he was at the Packers, he was okay. Like we, we all sort of thought he was all right, but he was one of them players where you'd come out and go, Oh no, you want to keep him there because he's, you know, you like him. And that's not necessarily the best reason to keep a player just because you like him, sort of thing. You want the best player. So I think they they might look at this as a bit of an upgrade um compared to Williams over time as well. Like I say, it's a three-year deal. They've got their running back set for three years there now. And I think that's probably what they're looking at. Um, you know, in three years' time, Williams will be 30. So I I just think that's all it is. It's just moving money around and going for a slightly better option. Yeah, I think that's fair. If I can't really argue with that, I think that you're right. I think, you know, you see a lot of players have these good years and then, you know, uh, especially, you know, players who were on their contract years, for example, I think Mike Davis was the most recent example I can think of where, you know, some players have these great years and then that that is it. And especially in a position that is devaluing, um, I think that you know, I, I can see why, you know, even looking at the deals that running backs are getting, nowhere near what the fullbacks are getting, nowhere near what even the linebackers and defensive backs are getting these days. So I think it is a, um, yeah, it, it is a position that is sadly losing value. Um, right, our final question for you, Adam. I have given you the prep beforehand, but we're going to ask you, as well as myself, who had the best week so far in free agency, which teams had the worst. So starting off with you, Adam, who for you has had the best week of free agency so far this year? I just say finding the best was really, really hard because I I was just making holes in all of them and going, yeah, yeah that's not very good. That's not very good. Um, I like what this is really bad because I've been saying all last year I was going on about them and I do feel like they've done pretty well again. I quite like what the Eagles have done. Um, I like the fact that they've basically re-signed Bradbury and Slay. I mean, it's a very odd situation where we kind of felt like they were both going at one point and now they're kind of they're both signed up and they're both signed up for three-year deals and the the way that it was done last year was it all felt like it was a one-year let's go for it let's try and win this year but 
bringing in these two corners back and, and they're both on three-year deals, I think is great. Brandon Graham coming back is good. Fletcher Cox is brilliant coming back for another year. Jason Kelsey coming back for another year. Uh, they lost Javon Hargrave. Now, that's a big loss, but he is 30. He is getting on a little bit. Um, and they've got two first-round picks, so they can do that and they will still have Fletcher Cox there to basically help them out and kind of like bring them along. You've got Jordan Davis, who they drafted last year. So I, I think that they've done pretty well. Rashad Penny. I like Rashad Penny. I know Freddie's not keen, um, but I do quite like Rashad Penny. Uh, if you can keep him on the field, that's the biggest problem with Rashad Penny. So if you can keep him fit, that's good. Really cheap deal. Uh, re-signed Boston Scott. You've got Kenny Gamewell. So they got three running backs despite losing Miles Sanders. Uh, yeah, I think they've done pretty well. We did mention the Bears, of course. Um, you know, everything that the Bears have done has been pretty good. And the Panthers as well. Um, I think although they haven't bought in loads of players, I feel like they've bought in players that are kind of of decent quality, like your Hayden Hurst at tight end and uh, Miles Sanders as well. So I do like them ones. I think they've done well. But the Eagles, for me, just because it was a different team that we hadn't spoken about as well. Um, so I think I think they've done pretty well. Um, there's there's quite a few. Like I say, there isn't anyone who I feel like has really knocked it out of the park. But I just feel like the Eagles have done well to really bring back a lot of their players. Yeah, I think certainly before you know, they brought back Slay, I think that there was a you could potentially look at them as not a great one because I think Hargrave's a big loss, and I think that yeah. even though Kelsey's resigned. You know, Fletcher Cox has come back. They are old, but at the same time, I think getting back Bradbury and, and Slay, uh, as he likes to be called, I think is a great move for them. I like the 49ers, what they've done, because they've not really lost anyone on defense and they've added a great player in Javon Hargrave. Um, for me, I think I have to give it to the Bears. I think I have to give, I think they've just transformed their franchise. If you look at the the draft picks they've given away, you look at everything you mentioned in, in the first part of the show, I think for me, the Bears. Um, for me, have had the best free agency. The worst, and um, I'll go first because I want to get your reaction on this, Adam. Uh, it's your team, the Packers, because they've lost Lazard, they've lost Tanya, and they're losing Rodgers, which I, I don't think is the worst thing in the world. But I think that's I'm wrong. Have they added anyone apart from Keyshawn Nixon, who was a great punt returner, kick returner this year? Have they added anyone else to their team? And I think that, you know, they've still got. Who have they got to throw to, apart from Watson and Dobbs? They've, I think they've got still got Aaron Jones, so fair enough. But I just think that they've not really done anything, I don't think, so far, apart from stall this Aaron Rodgers um, fiasco. We we have added Matt Orzek, the long snapper, to a, a three-year contract. That's what we've done. Uh, yeah, it, so actually, under worst free agents for me, I have got them down as just not really doing anything. But I... Um, I feel like sometimes that doesn't mean that it's the worst. Sometimes doing nothing is actually the right thing to do when it comes to your team. Uh, when it comes to the wide receivers, obviously it is Watson and Dobbs are the main guys. I think they're going to go and get a tight end in the draft. There's been a lot of talk about Michael Mayer in the first round, but I don't know if they'll go that. I mean, it would be quite funny the first year that as soon as Rogers go that they actually draft a receiver in the first <laughs> round. That would be quite funny. Um, but I don't think they will do it. 
Um, but I think I could see them going for maybe someone like a Darnell Washington in the second round, something like that. I could see that happening. I think they they have um, Torre as well, who was a seventh round pick, who kind of actually looked half decent. He just didn't really get a lot of game time. So I think he might be okay. Um, yeah, it, like I say, it's it's not great because they haven't really done a lot. But there are a few other teams that I think are just as bad. Um, I think the Chargers haven't really done much. Mm. I was a little surprised by that. I think the Bucks haven't really done much, but they're in a full rebuild. So that's probably why. Um, I have to say, because I always moan about the Raiders, I don't get what they're doing. I don't understand. Uh, couldn't, couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree more. It's I, I they're, what they're doing is just bizarre to me. They bring they brought in a quarterback who is I would argue worse than the quarterback they had. Um, the only reason that I, I get why they've done it because he's cheaper over time. He is, but it just seems a bit strange. Um, you brought in Jacoby Myers, who to me, I just think is Hunter Renfro. Like you've already got him. I don't know why you need another slot receiver. So that seems strange. Um, you've let Darren Waller go, which I kind of can see why you've done it because it, it is a bit like of an injury prone tight end, but it seems a little strange. So I don't really get what they're doing, to be honest, but then I always moan about them. So that's just me moaning about them. Um, but the one that I, um, the one that I genuinely don't understand, and this is who I'd say is the worst, and they've actually probably been one of the busiest teams and they did something similar a couple of years ago and it didn't really do anything and I don't really think it's going to do anything again is the Houston Texans I, I don't quite know what they are trying to achieve with this and it feels very much like the Patriots of two years ago but the names aren't that good so they've brought in Case Keenum to be a backup on a two-year deal six million Noah Brown, one-year deal, $2 million. Robert Woods, two-year deal, $10 million. Andrew Beck, two-year deal, $6 million. They're all very small contracts for players that aren't really that good or are past it. That's the thing. It's like in the defense, they've brought in like Chase Winovich, Sheldon Rankins. They're all older guys. And there's no real look to the future here. It's all just kind of like and, – and that feels strange because – you know, they're, they're number two in the draft. It feels like they're probably going to go quarterback because it hasn't really worked with Davis Mills. So it'd be surprising if they didn't. You'd think you'd want to kind of go to the future and or maybe bring in just some good players. And it just kind of all feels a little bit like, why Why did you, you know, like Sheldon Rankins, one year, 10 million contract. Sheldon Rankins is a good defensive lineman. But it's a lot, lot of money for one year. <coughs> it just feels strange. You think in a way it's almost because I think the Bengals were a big benefit of this, is that you get there, I think we'll see the Texans get a callback, whether it's Stroud or Young, whoever they take as number two. Um, I, I think, do you think maybe it's all because we saw the Bengals, you know, albeit it's down to an injury, but the Bengals really benefited from Burrow being injured that first year because it allowed them to get a high traffic again to get Jamar Chase and that's where they're, you know, their future. So, did maybe, maybe do you think? Do you think maybe it's a thing where it's a look at maybe not have Stroud or Young sit out for a year or sit behind Case Keenum, have them struggle again for one year, get another great get defensive stud or wide receiver, whoever they get in next year's draft, get them in, 
And maybe that's what they maybe trying to look at that way. If they can just do bad again, allow the you know, callback to sit for a year or two, learn from Keenum or Davis Mills. Uh, not that's a great place to learn from, but um, do you think maybe that's what they're doing? Maybe they're looking at trying to get another first round pick next year to really, um, you know, really boost their squad that way. I just think, like, I mean, if you're I don't know who. I mean, the the favourite to be the number one pick now that the Panthers have got it is CJ Stroud. So it, it feels like that's very much the way it's going. In which case, they're taking Bryce Young. If that's that's what's going to happen, you're not sitting Bryce Young. You're, you're not going to sit Bryce Young. He's clearly a very capable quarterback, and he's he's better than what you know. His his time in uh, college, I think, has shown that he can be a very very good quarterback. I just don't see I don't see them sitting a quarterback of that caliber coming out of college. I I don't think the fan base will let them do it. It just it would be crazy. So I think because of that, it it seems a strange move. Um I I don't know. I've I mean I've said this for a few years now with the Texans that they just they do weird things like this and they just it doesn't make sense. A lot of it doesn't make sense. And I I don't know what they're really trying to achieve by it, but yeah, it, it felt like they were the the one that just, I, like I say, I think sometimes everyone goes, oh, you've had a really bad free agency because you haven't brought anyone in. And sometimes that doesn't mean that it's that bad. I mean, you look at like the Chiefs, they've only brought in three players, you know, so it's, it's not that bad, you know, and they're decent players as well. So it's like, you, you just sort of think you don't have to bring in loads of players, but I mean, they've brought in... They've brought in 11 or 12 players and they're all just a little bit like, why? That, <laughs> that's, the, that's the problem. That's what you, you just look at them and you go, but why have you brought that player in? You're not really paying them that much. You've obviously got loads of holes in your team. That's why you're bringing in so many players. They're then going to have all their draft picks as well. They're bringing in loads of new players and it just kind of feels all a bit strange. And a lot of them are one year um, or they're two years, but then there's a, they can get out of them after the first year. And it just, to me, it feels strange knowing that you're probably going to go out and get yourself a young quarterback and you're not really helping him out much. No, especially with the size of Bryce Young that's been reported. I think he will definitely need as much protection as he can get because it sounds like he's nowhere near the size for an NFL player yet. Um, Going back to the Raiders, I want to make a quick look. I think I agree with you. I think the Raiders had a terrible... Um, free but I do think the Garoppolo thing isn't as bad. That's the one thing I don't mind because from everything you hear about Garoppolo, he's the model professional. He is someone that is a great teammate. Everyone loves him, and I think that I do believe still that the Raiders will get someone like Will Levis seventh overall. I do think that's where it's going, and I think that they, I think they could easily just mentioned player sitting. I think Will Levis definitely needs time to sit. I don't think he's anywhere near being NFL ready, and I think that. If you can have him behind Garoppolo for a year or two, I think that from what I've heard, what this what we've been reported, Garoppolo was always helping out Trey Lance, helping out Brock Purdy, and I think that he will be a great help. I think that will actually help him get jobs for the next five years. I think teams will use him as a bridge quarterback for a new rookie quarterback, and I think that Garoppolo will be a great example to set for. I think for me, one of the best examples to set for any any quarterback because he had the whole time the whole thing with you know getting Trey Lance in. You know, and he just kept, he didn't moan. He kept playing, he, he kept going. I think that he is a great person to have. So I think they may use him in that sense. I think that's 
rather than Derek Carr, who obviously was who came out and spoke of his frustration. I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo ever did that at San Francisco. So I think in that sense, I can see him still getting Will Levis, and I think he can sit behind Garoppolo for a year or two. Gives Garoppolo a chance to start. He does win games, even though it's a Shanahan system. I think with Daniels, it's a terrible head coach, and I think that. Um, yeah, so I think that's the only part I like, but everything else, I think getting rid of Down Waller just seems wild, especially for a third round pick. And as well, I got a shout out to Rams. Um, a trade I love to call Jalen Ramsey comes to the Dolphins. A third round pick and Hunter Long for a 28 year old. It just seemed like they could get a bit more for that from him. But um, yeah, I think they also had a bad year, but they're also like the Buccaneers. They're also a team that's gone all in, won the ring, and they're looking just to rebuild. So yeah. Exciting times ahead in the NFL, but that is where we will end this episode. So, first of all, huge thank you again, Adam, for coming on this week. Sorry, did that come through? Can you, you can just you went quiet? No, yeah, I can hear you. Oh, right, I'll start again. I didn't, um, <laughs> <laughs> right, I'll start again. Um, and a huge thank you to Adam for coming on this week. Um, what's in the pipeline for you, Adam, uh, this week? Anything coming up on the franchise tag? You mentioned before XFL players. You mentioned the NFL player coming on. Can you break the news who that player is, or is that still a still a huge secret? Uh, I don't. I don't know if I'm allowed to tell you. See, I'm not doing it, so they'll uh-huh. get stroppy if I if I let them know. But uh, <laughs> I'll give you a clue. It's a Bengal. Ooh, okay. So you got there one you go. chance. Um, I hope I I WhatsApp Gareth. If it, if it is Joe Burrow, I'll try and tell Gareth to tell him that he needs to be um less cocky than he is right now because I express on a podcast <laughs> many times that I'm not a fan of his of his personality. So um, so yeah, I'm intrigued. You know, I was hoping you know I was hoping it'd be you know I my I'm gonna put a guess out there. So I'm gonna guess who can I gonna guess? Ah. I always say Jesse Bates, but he's gone now. Another good uh, addition to the Falcons. Um, I'm going to go for... I was going to say P. Ryan, but he's gone as well. I'm going to go for Tyler Boyd. No, I'm afraid not. That's a, it's a little bit a little bit above our station, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you, you, you're not far off from the first guess, but that's as far as you're getting. Right, okay. Well, I'm very intrigued who that's going to be, and I'll um try and get out of Gareth on the WhatsApp chat, and I'll um I'll see see what he says. But yeah, that has been the Across the Pod podcast. This has been Andy. This has been Adam, and we will see you guys next time.